Show you this morning that it shall be whole, shall be whole right, shall be whole right with you. Savior lives, I can face tomorrow. Father, I thank you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you honor. Lord, we give you adoration. For you alone are worthy of all my praises, O Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your grace. We did commit this moment, this hour onto your hands. We have to take absolute control. Have your way in our lives. For you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. 
You are welcome in Jesus' name. It's a privilege to come into the presence of God on a Sunday like this to worship Him and to lift up His holy name. Uh, by the grace of God, we will continue from the study we started last week. We are talking about the subject of faith and how important it is in the life of every believer, of every Christian. Last week, I tried to distinguish between the saving faith, that is the faith that we have in believing in Christ, and the gift of faith that causes a lot of difference in the life of every believer, that can make the difference in our day-to-day living, the gift of faith. And that's what we want to look at today as we continue in our study on the topic, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Let's go back to the scripture in the book of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 26. We read it again. And here we find the points that we want to establish as we continue this study. So now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over onto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they said, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And he came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And I want to pray this morning, the Lord will arise on your behalf. And they ceased. And there was a calm, and he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water, and they obeyed him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. Praise the Lord. I recall that when we did look at this last week, we made some few points. Uh, I just run over that for the benefit of those that may not be here last week. We said that even though the Lord commanded this journey, that is, the Lord was the one that said, they should let us go to the other side. They encountered this problem. Even the, the Lord was the one that said, let us go on this trip. They encountered the problem. And the emphasis I was trying to make last week was the fact that even though when you make decisions, when you do things, according to lead, the leading of God, sometimes challenges may come. It doesn't mean that God has not commanded it. You are in a marriage it's the will of God for us to get married. You hear from God that this is the person you should marry. And there are some challenges in that marriage. It doesn't mean that God does not want to get married. It just means that you need to go unto God and seek his face again for a breakthrough in that situation. Now, as I said last week, it is not possible for you to hear from God that you go and divorce. Because it is not the will of God for divorce. 
So once God is there, he will see you through. The other point that we made last week was that even though it was a lake, there was storm there. And the emphasis was the fact that in places, in situations where you do not expect to have challenges, because you, you, you are, maybe you are used to that environment, or because of the events that have, have, have happened before that time, you know, you think that there cannot be challenges, but there could still be challenges. They never expected to, to experience storm in a lake, but they had it. And I was giving an example in relation to marriage as well. That there could be some marriages that before they got married, they were best of friends. They knew each other for years. They grew up in the same neighborhood. And people expected that, yes, this one is a perfect marriage. Nothing can happen to this one. But yet, they got married and they have challenges. Because the devil always wants to show face where things are good. Praise the Lord. But if God is there with us, he will see us through in the name of Jesus Christ. So those are the two points we made last week concerning that scripture. And by the grace of God, we can need to look deeper into this and see what are the other points that we can make up from this scripture, the book of Luke chapter 8. And the third point I want to stress is that the beginning of that journey was very smooth. Bible say they said, and everything was calm for a while. There was no problem. Jesus was there, and they went to sleep. But suddenly there was a storm. Something happened. And it was like, was it not the same river that we were before? What suddenly went wrong? And the emphasis for me here is that we should be careful. We should not just rest on our house and say everything is perfect when things are going well. The tendency is that when you have no challenge, people relax. People relax. They feel that everything is okay. There's not, no issue in my life. Then we just relax. If they have been praying ten times before, they don't pray like they used to pray before. Somebody who's believing God for a good marriage, and she prayed or he prayed so much for that particular marriage to happen. And it did happen. And they were in the marriage. And then, she began or he began to pray less because he feels that everything is okay now. That should not be the case. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 that we read, 1 Peter 5, 8 to 11. And I will read it from the message translation for us to have to, to, to really stress the point I want to make here. It says, 1 Peter 5, 8. To keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and will lack nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You are not the only ones plunked into these hard times. 
is the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The sovereign won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal, and glorious plans they have. We have you put together and, you, and your feet for good. On your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. And my prayer there for us is that the devil will not have the last word on your, in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. The devil will not have the last word in your career. In the name of Jesus Christ. The devil will not have the last word in your marriage. In the name of Jesus Christ. So he gets the last word. Stay alert. The devil is ready to point at any time. When things are running well, it's not the time to, to, to just you know, let your guard and say everything is okay. It is time to fortify yourself. Because the devil is looking for an opportunity to strike. If you look at the life of Job, the Bible says that Job, the devil tried him many times. But the devil said to, said to God, he said, I have tried him. I have visited his home. I have visited his work. I have visited everywhere. But there is an hedge all around him. I couldn't get to him. Praise the Lord. That was a man who was on his guard. And if you read about, read about Job, the Bible says that he was always praying for his family. He was always praying for his family. So he was on his guard. Even though things were, com- were good for him then, he didn't you know, relax about what he needed to do to make uh, his home to be as stable as it should be. So I want to encourage us today. Don't give the devil a chance. Don't wait until it is too late. Or don't be reactive in addressing the issues in our lives. You have to be proactive. Be prayerful at all times. When the things are good, be prayerful. Don't wait until things are becoming difficult before you start lifting yourself up in the place of prayer. Praise the Lord. Number four, the fourth point I want to raise in this scripture was the fact that when the water started coming in, you know, initially, they didn't wake up the Lord. They thought they could do it on their own. But who will help them more than they? they were, most of them were fishermen. And they, could, they, they felt they could steer their way around the ship, around the, around, around the lake, and get to the, to, to the shore. So they didn't wait the capital boy. What can the capital boy do? So they were trying to get to the shore themselves for some time. But got to a stage, they realized that it's beyond them. And at that time, they knew it was not beyond God. And they call on him. Master, care not that we perish. And he arose. And I pray again, the Lord will arise on your behalf. In the name of Jesus Christ. He took them so long to call on God. And it should not be the case with us as well. Get God involved in your affairs 
immediately. Don't wait too long. Don't delay in getting God involved in anything that concerns you. Don't wait until it is too late to get him involved. Don't think that you can do it on your own. Don't think that you have the ability, you have the strength, you have the know-how. Sometimes we think it's just physical. And we address it with physical, physical abilities. Whereas it is spiritual. So we have to, be, we have to know that when we need to rehearse, we need to rehearse on time. Don't wait too long. And I think I mentioned it last, last, last week as well. Now if you look at the life of the mariners that carried the Job, sorry, that carried uh, Jonah, you know, uh, on the way to Tashish. You know, they didn't do what they needed to do on time. They spent a lot of time doing what? Trying to salvage the sheep. You know? And the first thing they started doing was to do what? To throw away their belongings. Throw it to the the sea. Thinking that that will salvage it. It got to the extent that even when Jonah came to them and said, Throw me into the sea. If you throw me into the sea, this thing will be calm. What was the response? No. We won't do that. We won't do that. And they continued. But he got to the stage. They said, okay, let us throw him out. And when they threw him, there was calm everywhere. The same with us, brethren. Sometimes, we think we can do things on our own. And we run enter scatter. We do all we can do to change the situation. But we make God a reserve in terms of where do we seek help from. But I want to happen to us. Let's call on God first. Sometimes you do not need to do some things that you are getting yourself into. If you just call upon God, He will show you the way how to do, what to do in order to address that situation. Because God knows our desire and we attend to it in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's important for us to react on time and to do it by calling on God. Praise the Lord. Now, the sixth point I want to raise here uh, on this scripture is very important because if you go back, back, back to that scripture in Luke chapter 6, after he calmed the storm, there was a statement by the apostles. They said, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? They were surprised that even the wind can obey him. They have been following him before. They have seen a lot of things that he has done in the past. They have experienced miracles in his presence. But they have never seen him in this manner before. Probably that was why they didn't bother to wake him up even earlier. Because they felt that this is not what he can handle. It is our responsibility to carry him to the other side. We are the fishermen. So, when he stood up and spoke to the wind, peace be still. And it was so. 
They were surprised. They didn't expect him to be able to do that. But they were supposed to know him. But they didn't know him to that extent. And I want to pray for somebody here today. Things that you never thought can happen. Things that you think nobody can do, God will do in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. In a way that God has not moved in your life before, He will move in the name of Jesus Christ. Because these people, are, they, they have always been with Him. But they ask this question, what manner of man is this? Praise the Lord. So they don't really know him. They don't know him. They thought they did. But they don't know him that much. There are many people in the church today that don't really know God. They come to church every Sunday. They go to VJ. They go to Bible studies. They are always in church, but they don't really know God. They have not experienced God the way they should experience Him. Praise the Lord. But they associate with Him. But I'm praying again that God will reveal Himself in a new way to us. In the name of Jesus. Because they discover something new that day. That this same man that we have been going around with all this while. So he can even speak to the wind. Maybe there are issues in their life they could have presented to him. But they thought maybe this is beyond him. But on that day, they saw something different about the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we have to be conscious of this as believers. Because when we know him deeply, and that he can do all things, our faith in him will increase. We will not limit him in our lives. We will know that surely he can do all things. And we will not be able to say, okay, let me just not present all this into him. Maybe it's too much. Because some people don't even ask God for some things. And that's the challenge we have in this part of the world. Really. Because they don't know what God can do. So many of them in this part of the world, government is their God. They don't have job. They go to God then, government, give them what? Money, allowance. If they are sick, they go to where? Hospital. Praise the Lord. But they don't know that you can actually have divine health. That you don't have to be on drugs to live. About four weeks ago, I went to St. John's and we were about to board the helicopter to the rig. They were asking us, do you have drugs to declare? I said, I don't have drugs to declare. I don't, I don't live on drugs. But some people brought out Drugs, bottles and bottles and bottles. These are the things. Ah, so just look at them. 
They cannot stay away from those drugs for one week. Their daily dosage that they have to take on this, unless something. And I saw one guy, young man, very young man, but he has about five bottles that he needs to go with. I need to package for him. Thank God for your life. Just, just take a moment to thank God for your life. There are people that cannot live one day without drugs. Thank God for your life. Father, I just thank you. Amen. Because we don't know what God is doing in our lives sometimes. They were close to him. But he has the question, which manner of man is this? And if you remember the woman of Samaria at the well, you know, when he approached, she approached the Lord Jesus Christ, or uh, the Lord approached, approached her and said, give me water to drink. Praise the Lord. To give me water to drink. And the woman responded. And said, how come you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, I should give you water to drink? What association do we have together? Do you remember the generation of the Lord Jesus Christ to him? Say, if you know, if you know the one who is asking you for water, I want to do that place for us. Praise the Lord. Then comment E to a city of Samaria, which is called Zyka, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away from him to the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldst have asked of him and would have given thee what? The living water. And I put it to each and every one of us that if you know the gift of God, of being a Christian, of knowing Jesus, of being identified with him, you will know that it's a privilege that we all have. To ask him of anything at any time. To have access to the Lord is a brief privilege, privilege for you and me. Praise the Lord. And I'm believing God for us as well. Once again, that beyond what you have seen God done in your life before, God will do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Do we really know him? And the Lord Jesus Christ, the last point I want to share, 
he asks them the question, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And this is a question that we must ask ourselves regularly when we are faced with challenges. Because sometimes I realize that when situations and challenges come our way, we see more of those situations and challenges and we see less of God. Praise the Lord. And we need to be careful about that. Where is your faith? Faith is a weapon that we have as, as ex-Christians, as believers. It's one of the hammers of God as mentioned in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. You know, when challenges comes our way, we need to have that faith to be able to overcome those challenges. And I just want to read something for us in that scripture so that we can we can Ephesians chapter 6. You see the emphasis there about faith. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Say, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. The emphasis is on how many armor of God? The whole, not some parts. The whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wise of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Now, listen to this. Say, stand, therefore, having your loins guard about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he said, Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the very deaths of the wicked. I believe that emphasis saying above all is not just written there for nothing. The emphasis on faith shows the criticality of it in being able to withstand the devices of the enemy. The Lord has told us in John 63, he said, These things are spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But if the faith is not there, it is difficult sometimes for her to overcome. Praise the Lord. The whole armor of God, it started with the truth, knowing the truth. As a Christian, you may know your scriptures. 
You may know the word of God. Breastplate of righteousness. You may be living a righteous life. Sin is not something that you can easily fall into. You have you are upright in that area. And you are you are a seasoned evangelist. You can minister to people, you can reach out, you can propagate the gospel. That is an hammer. But when it comes to the issue of faith, where do you stand? Because above all, you may, that means you may have all these things. But if you don't have that faith that I can do this, it is difficult for you to be able to overcome. So it's very critical for us. As Christians, that gift of faith given by the Holy Spirit is key to us to be able to withstand the darts of the enemy. And if you look at that thing very well, it says, Above, taking the sheet of the well, you shall be able to quench all the very darts. That tells me something. The devil will not throw it to one's own. Hello? He will not throw it once and stop. He will do what? Throw it as many times as possible. He will try to get you. If he, if, if, he, if he throws one and you have the sheet of faith and you hold it and you think you are, you are done and you put that sheet of faith down, it's coming back again to attack. That sheet of faith is not something you use temporarily. It's not a momentary, momentary hammer. It's something that you have to hold at all times. It's not something that you hold on to when you are having challenges alone or when you are even okay. It's something that you have to be, to avail yourself at all times. Because you don't know when it will strike again. The shield of faith has to be with you at all times. As a believer. Praise the Lord. You need to have it at all times. And if you look at the uh, book of uh, Luke chapter 4, look for that thing. You, you see here the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ by the devil. And after he has tried everything he could try, and the Lord answered him in all things. I, I'm going to read from the message translation of the scripture. There was something that, that was said there that is very important. I want us to take, take note of. He says, after he had completed the testing, the devil retreated how? Temporarily. Lying in wait for what? Another opportunity. He retreated temporarily. I mean, he just said, okay, you won this time. I'm coming back. But we thank God. We are testifiers today. We are in God today. Because the Lord Jesus Christ told us that the prince of this world came to him. And what? And found nothing in him. He found nothing. He tried so many times. 
His plan wasn't him. Praise the Lord. And for you to understand, when, when, when I was talking about the fact that, you know, faith is key for us to be able to assess the promise of God. If you go to the scripture and you, you, you see the number of people that the Lord Jesus Christ intervened in their situation, that he delivered from challenging situations, many of them are just meeting him for the first time. They don't really know him. You know, we didn't even talk about whether they are righteous or not. The woman with the issue of blood, we didn't know what she did, how she lived her life. Blind Bartimaeus, we didn't know the kind of life he was living. But the Lord asked him a question. He said, do you what? Believe. Faith is key. So that tells me that you may be righteous. But if you don't have faith, you may be denied the blessings God has for you. Some people pray not because they believe God can can answer them. But they pray because they think that maybe God can do it. And if nothing happens, they say, well, we didn't really, we're just hoping that it can happen that way. But when you pray, believe that we do it. And that we do it for you in the name of Jesus Christ. So the faith I'm talking about today is not something that you use once in a while. Is what is there with you at all time. You are able to deploy it because, as we read before, our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion walking around, seeking who we will devour. That's what I would say we should be sober, we should be vigilant, so that we'll be ready for him when he comes. So, where is your faith today? Where is your faith? That was the question he asked the apostles. When they were confused in the middle middle of the lake, they didn't know what to do. So where is your faith? I don't know the challenges you are going through. I don't know the situation that has heavily weighed on you. You don't seem to know what to do. Maybe it's time for us to call upon the Lord Almighty and seek his face and believe he can do it. You may have all the other hammers that we have mentioned in Ephesians 6, but what of that gift of faith? Where is your faith? Have you exercised that faith enough to have access to what God can give? Or are you dilly-dallying? Are you doubting his ability? With God, all things are possible. It is that gift of faith that makes the difference in the life of Abraham. It is that faith 
that made a difference in the life of David. He approached Goliath, knowing fully well that this Goliath is a killer and he can destroy me. He approached Goliath without all the armors that was given to him by Saul. He said, you have come to me with sword and whatever. But I have come to you what? In the name of the Lord. Where is your faith today? And I want us to pray a prayer today. Because as we read in this scripture, the apostles saw the Lord Jesus Christ the way they have never seen him before. He did something different that made them to ask, which manner of man is this? As a bird on our heads, I want to pray this prayer for yourself. That the way you have never experienced him before, in a way that is beyond your own imagination, that God will move in your life. In the name of Jesus. That God will move, that people will know that you are serving a God that can never fail. Has got to move in a special way in your life. Has got to move in a special way in your life. Thank you, Jesus. In a way that you have, have never seen before, Lord Jesus, move in my life. Lord, let me experience you in a new way, Lord. Let me experience you in a new way, in a new dimension. Let me experience you in a new way, oh Lord. Like never before, move in my life. Move in my career. Move in my family life, Lord Jesus. Move in the life of my children, Lord Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Pray that are there is there any way that I have not believed in the way I should? That my faith is not as strong as should be. Lord, help me to trust you. To trust you enough to know that you can do all things for me. Thank you.